0: Hello, we are Seek and Strike listeners. It's Chris from Seek and Strike Collective with a special message for those of you who are deemed essential workers. Thank you for the risk you are taking each and every day, and we hope this message finds you at a time where you can call it a day and just join us and hear the latest in the soccer world involving your beloved home club, New Mexico United. I have a special announcement before we jump into today's two-part episode. We have launched a YouTube channel. That's right, Seek and Strike Collective has launched a YouTube channel and we hope that you'll go and subscribe so that way you could be alerted anytime we go live or anytime we upload new content. For those of you who joined us uh, just a couple of days ago, you were able to be with us for the full segment of this episode and join us by leaving your comments, asking questions uh, and just simply saying hi and we love seeing you Uh, During this period of social distancing, it felt like we were all standing there at the bar with our beers talking about soccer. And we hope more than anything that we can get back to that point. But for now, at least we can have our closest friends, our listeners, joining us every week as we record the episodes of We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Now sit back and join us for this special two-part episode titled, bandwagon or bust. Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico Soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at Strike Collective.com. Welcome back to another episode of We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Walker, and joined with me, as always, is Alicia. Alicia, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing pretty good, actually. How about you?
0: I can't complain, you know, uh, you know, just here we are another week in uh, COVID quarantine, and, you know, it seems like things are starting to kind of open up in the world, and, you know, I'm not sure how to feel about it if, uh, you know... Uh, i just want to run out and just you know be immersed in everything or if i kind of want to still stay in hibernation um you know what are, what are you kind of thinking about it
1: i just believe that welcome back to another episode oh, sorry about that
0: <laughs> hey it's all good we're, we're live by the way this is our first yeah. time going live on the on the podcast you know i'll say we're live on youtube definitely go to our youtube channel and subscribe there and we're on our facebook page as well go ahead elisa
1: yeah, sorry about that. I was trying to share it to the group and I forgot to turn my volume down. <laughs> <laughs> but I just believe that I think it's a little too soon to be reopening stuff considering how kind of bad it's getting. Like I know Georgia reopened and they got I believe after a couple of days of reopening they got 200 new cases. So that's where like they should be like, you know, like let's shut down again, but I mean, it is what it is. I just think it's a good. It's a little too soon, and for us, you know, I think that our governor is doing a pretty good job about it. And uh, people, there's still some people out and about, but I mean, people aren't going to listen. It's like uh, telling a little kid, "No, you you tell them no," the more they're going to do it.
0: Right, right. I definitely agree with you. You know, on my on my some of my work calls, they're talking a lot about you know, going back to work, and, you know, I could already kind of sense some folks uh, anxiety about that, um, just because it's it's a lot too soon, and, you know, but the good thing is that they're definitely talking about staging it out, um, so before we get too far into tonight's um, podcast, let's bring in a guest. We've got a returning guest. His name's uh, Jeremy Jaramillo. I, I think that, uh, yeah, he was going to be a great guest for tonight's uh, content, so, uh, without further ado, let's bring in Jeremy to the room. Hey, Jeremy, hey. how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. How are you guys? It's been a long time.
0: I know, right? <laughs> it's been hey, what, a month
2: and a half. I don't know how long it's been. It feels like
0: it's too long. I know. I can't believe we've waited that long to get you back into this uh, podcast.
2: Well, you know, we're used to seeing each other around the around the bend at the stadium, uh, at the at the watch parties,
0: etc., and it takes too long nowadays. I agree. I agree. So, Jeremy, what what are some things that you've been kind of up to during this quarantine? You know, I mean, like it seems like you know in in the in the fresh the freshman stages of it. Obviously, everyone's watching Tiger King, and folks are <laughs> are binging. But I mean, o- over the time, I mean, what is your quarantine staged out to look like? Well, God, you know, I've, I've definitely binged my,
2: my fair share of Netflix. Uh, I'm, I'm still at work, you know, I work at a hospital. Um, so I actually just got in from work uh, a few minutes ago before this started. And it is Nurses Week. So shout out to all the nurses out there. Uh, we were, were given uh, flowers and treats to our nurses. So I, I'm, I'm at work every day. But, you know, missing that one-on-one interaction a lot, um, that one-on-all-of-our-united-family interaction. God, you know, like the texts aren't cutting it. <laughs> and it, it's nice, you know, to have have the Zooms and stuff, but we're, we're missing more and, you know, that vibrance, that energy. We, we need that back. Um, but as, you know, I was in the waiting room hearing Alicia talk, um, I, as, as I'm at a hospital, I was reading the New Mexico uh, report today that just came out. And unfortunately, Bernalillo County did have a bit of a regression and we have to be careful folks. You know, the, the, the best we do staying a little distant, the sooner we'll get back to some United games. I'm hoping for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I do agree with you. I mean, if you, I think if you consider, like, the way that we went about it, I mean, it seems like, you know, we definitely kind of zapped it quick. I mean, schools yeah. were, were canceled. I mean, the response, I guess, is what I'm saying, is that the response was very rapid. It wasn't slow to react. And and that's something I, I feel like in much of what I've seen, usually things are slow. Usually people are waiting, so it's, like, shored up, you know. But this was like, okay, boom, right away, let's get it going. You know, they'd rather it be very extreme, you know, and I think people kind of on the other end, if you thought about it with everything closing so fast was like, well, what's going on? Like, let's let's wait to see. But, you know, now on the flip side, you know, going back, you know, it definitely seems like people are like, OK, well, I'm not ready to go back right away. Like, let's yeah. make sure
2: people seem cautious and that's probably good. But I also think, like you know, we're getting restless, and I think that's making people just kind of, you know, New Mexico is doing a good job. We did shut down early, we did shut down mm-hmm. quick, and you know, we were even in the New York Times for how well we were handling it. And then, you know, McKinley County, San Juan County got getting a lot of cases, and and now uh, now Bernalillo County slipping a bit. Um, I'm I'm confident though, like people pay attention to the fact we slipped a bit. We can get back on on course real quick, and I, I, I think. Um, you know, and any loss of life is a horrible thing. But I, I'm thinking I have some confidence in us to get back on track. And, you know, we want to get out there.
0: Now, did you like kind of engage in some of the uh, the different uh, stream night activities that the club has been having or the you know, United has been having, um, you know, or going to like some of the different uh, restaurants that the curse has been kind of advertising? Like anything like that? Uh, for
2: me, you know, I, I try to go to Star because that's where one, you know, the official watch party is for United and and for the 505 Reds. Uh, tonight is the is the, the night we go and get stuff. I, I didn't have time tonight, so I'm gonna go tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I've been doing some of that. Some of the I'm not so into the restreaming broadcasts of of matches. That's not my style so much. Um, but I'm definitely getting on um, casts with like United supporters and curse supporters and talking about stuff and then catching some of like the, like the live videos that some of the players are doing. Um, the Kelsey's Kelsey, uh, Kelsey still, I think her name is, uh, interviews she's done. They're kind of funny. So, uh, those have been like good quiz show kind of things uh, with the players. I like that a lot. Uh, some of the players are pretty damn funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one I saw just recently was the one with Kalen and his buddy. Yeah, that, was yeah, that one was that one was really hilarious. If you guys haven't checked that one out. Go over to the USL page and you'll find it there.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ryden, yeah, Ryden really is picking it up on those TikToks. Like, you know, I I almost got sucked into like creating a TikTok yesterday just so I could watch them, but I said nope. This is going to be one social media platform that I'm going to try to skip the wave on for as long as I possibly can. But. Oh,
2: come on, Chris. <laughs> Let's do one.
0: <laughs> but I, but I, can, honestly, we do a,
2: can we do a split screen TikTok? We can do <laughs> we can do a duet. You know, we get <laughs> you can get like some deep, bassy Luther Vandross type of song and I'll I'll, I'll do the backups.
0: You know, on, you know honestly, like I think that if enough people hit the Seek and Strike Facebook page and demanded that you and I do a TikTok of that nature, I would be down.
2: <laughs> All right,
0: But you know, and I, uh, I will
2: get it done. I mean, I, I will like I, I'll pull up my phone and I will ask people right now.
0: I mean, look, you know, like <laughs> if you, if you, <laughs> if you you got fifty heads in the room saying Chris Walker and Jeremy do a duet with what you saying, Luther Vandross, and like I don't know, some things that will showcase
2: your your baritone or whatever. I'm not. I'm not hey, man, I
0: don't know, have any sounds,
2: voice, but I think you could probably do it.
0: This sounds like you want to do like a uh, a Robin Big kind of fantasy factory thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, all right. God, that's
2: old school MTV, right? Hey,
0: yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hey, I want to give a shout out to uh, to to Dan Hicks, who's watching us uh, from his man kingdom. Um, oh, Dan,
2: Dan is my neighbor.
0: Yeah, so we want to give a shout out to him. If you're, if you're on the, if you're on the uh, Facebook or YouTube, you're watching, you want to drop in the comments, leave us some comments. You definitely want to know who's watching us, want to say what's up to you. Um, you know, this is something we're going to be starting to do. You know, Alicia was like, can we go live? Can we go live? And I was like, yeah, we could do that. You know, we're, we're finding out that there, there definitely are some night owls on, on Facebook. So definitely drop in. Um, yeah, so... I, uh, so like I said, I just didn't really jump onto this TikTok thing. I almost did, and I was like, no, wait a minute. But uh, I, I have done some of those watchbacks of the matches, and, and some of them have been really good. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's, it's obviously been the victories. I really would have liked to watch the playback of the 2-2 El Paso match just because, I mean, I went to that match. Jeremy, did you go to that match? I did. God. <laughs> and, and it was, yeah right it was just about a year ago this time right yeah and uh, yeah, you know, yeah
1: it actually it's gonna be a year on mother's day that's when they played mother's day
0: yeah and so i remember going to that match i mean i know that the caravan of the curse members that you guys left like super early you guys you know had a blast i wish that i honestly could have left early but of course you know when you're planning a trip for yourself and you got things to do it's like you know, it seems like everything takes the longest. So I was like definitely behind. I think for a while I was catching up to the last person who was probably joining y'all. Um, but then like getting into El Paso and being like, all right, this is my first time going to an away match. You know, that was kind of a uh, auxiliary rating feeling. I would say like it was kind of it was more than I, I had never really traveled to an away team's venue for any of the sports that I watch.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't either, and last last season, I went to all the home games. Sadly, I couldn't make it to any away games. This season, I told myself, I was like, you know what, let's try to make that commitment and go to an away game, but you know, with everything that's going on, unfortunately, like that couldn't happen.
0: Right, and so like, Showing up at that that stadium, you know it. It was nice to see like all of, all of our fans, you know, with the black and yellow rolling up. Like it was serious, you know. And, and we had been waiting for El Paso, and then it was like it was finally time to do it. You know, seeing a good presence of the Curse members and uh, that second tier of the stadium, which I, I think I think at a point y'all got robbed, Jeremy. I think that you should have been certainly like either like next to. Uh, the locomotives in that 105 section, or at least like a little bit closer to the grounds.
2: So actually, Chris, I was just thinking, um, I got confused with, I, I don't know why, but I was just, I was thinking about the um, Cinco the Mile game that you that you were asking if I went to. I did not go to the El Paso away game. I remember, oh, I do remember the tier that they were on though, because I remember watching it on TV and getting that little small glimpse and I agree with you. They um, it looked like. I mean, why not just put them in the center of the stadium? Like you, you don't have enough people to like <laughs> to fill up your TV screen. But I mean, they were so loud at that game. I remember. Um, I remember hearing it all. So, um, I think I, I think I watched that one at Real Bravo um, Brewing Company, et cetera. But yeah, no, I did not go to that game, and they did get robbed for placement. They 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 were mean.
0: Yeah, you know, the graphic of the graphic of the stadium, stadium uh, seating chart really made the two sections look like odds ands, but being there in person, they weren't too far apart from each other. Um, you know, I personally just think that, again, like, they actually had a good spot. I just think that they should have been maybe down a tier. Um, you know, and then, of course, hats off to that crew that went to that game because even after the match, um, they had the trash bags out. They were picking up the section. Um, that, that was an awesome sight. you know that was something that I got to witness um, you know and whatnot. and I, I had stayed there pretty much. So like the last I was like the last of three people in that stadium. Um, we had done our second podcast and I had called in um, and I was talking to both Josh and Seth and Alicia, you were on that podcast too, right? Or no, I not let,
1: don't think I was not,
0: not yet. And so, we had done the podcast, I was calling from the press box. It was kind of awkward because you know, I'm sitting there trying to talk about New Mexico in the midst of all these like El Paso personalities, but um, they're pretty cool. It was like shouts to them definitely for letting me stay till like nearly midnight and I'm just playing it, was, you know, it was till, till, like 11 to like basically finish <laughs> out this pod, um, which was it was cool, you know, but here we are, you know, so a year later. You know, we're not necessarily on the road or making any treks, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of looking into today, I thought we'd talk a little bit. It seems like there's a lot of movement in the world of soccer today, which I'm sure were you guys kind of happy with the league's announcements around the, around the world?
1: I was, I was, uh, kind of excited to see that they're like slowly, but surely trying to get into the training and here. In a couple of months or so, we can finally get back into the game. Even though it's going to be closed venue, I certainly don't mind that because I want sports back.
2: Yeah, I think there's going to be some leagues that are, you know, in, in countries that are doing better with COVID. And, um, God, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they can do a good job. And I, I, hope, I hope they can keep their players safe. And, you know, make a good example of how we can do it back here in the States. Uh, and then uh, we can get,
0: you know, get to some matches maybe at the end of the season in person. So let's let's talk about some of these leagues. I thought we would jump into uh, to Jeremy's favorite, um, the Premier League. Oh, God, Premier League. Um All right. So,
2: you know, we've heard that the prime minister of England wants the Premier League to be something of a point of pride to kind of pick up the country's spirits. Um, But it looks like there's all the discussion between, um, you know, kind of some teams on the lower end of the table that kind of would like to cancel the season, so to speak, and the teams at the top that have varying different degrees of involvement, uh, to me, it feels like they're going to play. Uh, They're going to start in probably a month, month and a half, maybe, uh, for Premier League. And, you know, of course, for me as a Liverpool supporter, I totally want to play at least two more games because that's all we need to mathematically win the league. I agree with you (laughs) there. I think plenty of the United supporters and some of the other folk um, are would really like to see our season cancel, and we'd have like kind of a another slip, so to speak, uh, and not win the league. But I, I'm I think Premier League will play. I think they have the TV revenue to play behind closed doors just fine.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Considering how much money they make and how many people are watching them from around the world. It's just for them. I think it's kind of easy to get going back, get back into the groove with that league and to keep playing. And, you know, I'm ready to see Liverpool be crowned as champions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, how do I you feel you about like... that there, Chris? What do you think? Huh? It sounds like the best news ever.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you guys to like go ahead and, and crown them champions just yet. I mean, uh, Let's definitely kind of get into some of the points uh, that seem to be surrounding the, uh, the Premier League. Uh, three things that, that we can kind of start off from the top. Uh, they're talking about uh, neutral venues. They're talking about uh, promotion relegation, and they're talking about players' health. So I thought we could get into, let's talk about, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about uh, promotion relegation, right? Um now something that I thought was interesting was again like you were saying like there's some teams on the bottom that have formed an alliance right these are the bottom 6 teams uh in the standings you know and 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 of course you know the bottom 3 makes sense that they would form an alliance to be like hey like, I don't want to get like dropped to the championship to you no I don't so let's bond together right it's like some si- some secret Monopoly trade that's happening where everyone's mortgaging their properties together so that no one can, <laughs> can advance. Right. But I mean, that's what's happening. So, I mean, what, what's your guys, what's you guys' take on like clubs who are the bottom three banding together to prevent relegation? And do you think that the premier league, um, do you think that, that maybe they lost a step, um, on not, you know, maybe banning or uh, preventing the uh, promotion relegation going into talks like this? Do you think that they had any reason to suspect that the bottom three would kind of try to, you know, kind of sandbag or, or, you know, kind of drop weight at this point?
1: I mean, it's kind of suspected of the bottom three to do that because they're afraid that they're going to, you know, be knocked down and another team's going to take their place. And that's always a fear of every team, um, every season because no one truly knows how it's going to go for every team at the every season. So I I don't know. It, it's a really touchy subject.
2: Yeah. You know, I think the consideration here that like, it, it, I think that we don't usually see the politics behind the league this closely or, or with a magnifying glass, like we're paying attention to now. And so You know, let's see the motivations. Yeah, they don't want to be bumped down. uh, But I think the consideration is we're probably going to play games in the Premier League at a at a faster clip, right? So that means maybe two games a week from the Premier League, maybe every three days. So that's a little bit more than two games a week. Um, That means that the teams with like less depth that aren't afford that can't afford to pay their players, you know, good good amount of money and they don't have much on the bench. Maybe they don't even have much past eight or nine. And you know, they are gonna suffer. And so someone like I'd say, you know, the Hammers, for instance, they aren't in relegation zone right now, but with their depth depth or lack thereof, um they could fall into it. And so that's why I think it's six so to speak, instead of, instead of three. And, you know, I think we could, or, you know, I'm not making the decisions, but it could get creative. We could drop two, we could pull pull up one. There's some precedence of having a little bit more than, than uh, the 20 squads. Not everybody would play everybody next season, but we could have 21, 22 uh, sides uh, on the tier and the top level in the premier league. And, and that might be a little bit more fair to get them on board with playing some more games.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. That definitely was kind of news to me. I was like, well, you got, you got these bottom three teams ultimately just, (laughs) it just got kind of heavy. I was like, what? Like you can't, you can't now all of a sudden go, you know what, you know, we don't, we don't want to finish the season, you know, and essentially, you know you you know it's because of the positioning that they're in, you know, but all the clubs at the top are saying, Hey, you know what? If we were in the same position, we'd still want the season to be played. And you know, that's kind of hard for me to imagine. Like if Liverpool, Manchester United, or or Manchester Manchester City, if they were like in the bottom three and this were the same situation, would they also maybe pull the same stunt and be like, hey. Let's form an alliance and let's basically Bogart any sort of, you know, deal from happening. Because it's it's hard for me to imagine these people who are not in a position saying that they would do differently.
2: Yeah, I think, I think if anyone's really interested in this, it's good to look at, like, how much money did each side make from TV rights last season? Uh, how much more money do you make, like... I think it's like one or two million every position above the position before you on the table. Uh, It's like 1 million more, 2 million more, something like that. And then what's the difference between, you know, championship and, and the premier league. And that's a, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's a big drop of money. And you think like, I think, I think when you're firmly positioned in the premier league, like teams, like, Manchester United, Liverpool. Um, you feel like, eh, you know, you could survive a season. If you got re- relegated, you go back up. You know, Liverpool's been relegated. Not when I'm alive, but um, I, I look at those years and I say, like, oh, you know, they got back up. They would get back up again. But it's really difficult in the, you know, you 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 lose players, you lose um, you lose staff, you lose coaches. Uh, it it. Nobody, it's, you bleed personnel, you bleed talent, and you know, you, it might not be two years out. Some some squads do two years out, but some squads stay out for a decade.
0: Right. Yeah, it was um, the other thing that was kind of interesting was the subject about neutral venues uh, and Project Restart, right? So you know, some of the topic was, OK, well, we can't necessarily play in the the home arenas. We're not trying to have a bunch of people gathering, you know, obviously because of some of the government bans to have mass gatherings. And maybe this is to not tempt uh, fans to do that. So they're talking about these neutral venues. Uh, you know, and some of the concern was, you know, obviously home pitch advantage. You know, would it feel the same way? And that's where we also see some of the allegiance of these uh, teams that maybe aren't in uh relegation zone banding together there because obviously, you know, I would imagine being in that area that they're in, it's like, okay, well, now we don't have, you know, our fan base. But, you know, so they're kind of saying that they don't think it'd be the same. So, I mean, what's your take on playing in a neutral, like, ground? I mean, would a Liverpool, you know, say versus – a uh, Aston or an Aston Villa? How would that match play out in a neutral in a neutral zone? I mean, I know that that's <laughs> your team, but what do you think? You know, I mean, honestly, for the big
2: sides, I feel like it's a disadvantage. Um, but I'm fully per- personally, I'm fully in favor of a neutral venue. I think that it's safer for the players. You can play if you know you can pretend like it's an away schedule for a week and a half and, you know, you can even kind of sequester for a bit. I think that, you know, the bigger sides are going to lose the bigger homes, uh, home pitch advantage. And, you know, that's, that's not the biggest thing as far as, you know, playing um, some games or not playing some games. I'd rather have the players be safe. I think that as soon as you start getting players testing positive because they're traveling across the country and, you know, getting a, a sandwich from the local, the deli across the street and all that kind of business, then, then all of a sudden we're going to have to, we're going to have to um, start canceling again or players, you know, what happens when you're, your favorite or best player on your side gets, gets COVID, gets sick. And then, you know, we're going to have to go, I guess we we'll just have to keep them out. But how many players were they bunking with? You know, it, it gets to be a much bigger issue. Uh, it's cheaper. The television rights are much bigger. Uh, they have, you know, I thought uh, I, I had, I heard from, a couple people that you know, the television money had already been paid, but then I read another article that there are there is still money to be made per per match, uh, in in some other like contract negotiations for the for the television rights. So, I, I think there's plenty of good reason to have these neutral venues, personally.
0: Right on. I want to I want to draw draw attention to uh, one of the comments uh, in the chat. Uh, we've got. Ron Patel. Ron Patel says, wow, Jeremy sounds like he knows what he's talking about.
2: God, I, I see Ron's face, that picture with the yellow tie there, every day on my Facebook, and I just know Ron wants to come home. Come home, right. Ron. Come home. Right?
0: Shout out to Ron Patel. We It's
2: hard to miss the best fan base in the USL.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right want to give a shout-out to Tito Morales, who says, Saludos. Somos Unidos. All right. Tito, yo, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so the other thing about the neutral venues in Project Restart that was interesting was uh, that the teams are looking to uh, maybe utilize a an app that was created in Germany. And some of the teams, I know, like, Liverpool's looked into it, and they've looked into it's an app that allows – the fans to basically be involved from their couch. So they can basically uh, sing, cheer, uh, clap, and whistle, um, and it will send these uh, these sounds into the stadium. So it'll kind of create a little bit of an atmosphere. Uh, what's your guys' take on an app that can basically simulate uh, crowd excitement um, and whatnot?
1: I think it could be pretty interesting to see it kind of that way, you know, to still kind of get that somewhat interaction and it, it could work, but then again, like what are the downsides to it?
0: What do you think, Jeremy?
2: You know, and get all, get all rule based here as a car drives outside my house here. (laughs) Uh, You can hear that. Uh, I think like if you regulate how it's projected, right? You don't want just the the sides with the better speakers to sound like they have a better crowd or something like that. But all in all, like there's there's got to be positives that come out of this situation, and probably when we have a match. You know when, when the full crowd is in hand and maybe we have people at home getting to yell um, like crazy and it gets projected into the into the um, the stadium. Still, then like that's that's a, that that would be a positive. You know, like we would get to feel a part of it and like our our watch parties or whatnot. Um, obviously, the you know we're USL probably can't afford that per se. But I think it's a pretty great idea. I don't know what the downsides are. I guess I hadn't thought of any, Alicia. So if you know, (laughs) pop them up right now because I'd I'd like to. No,
1: I, I actually don't like what you said. Is like trying to make the crowd seem bigger. You know, like in USL. Like, what if El Paso they try to make their crowd seem bigger than ours? It's just it's weird. It like nobody would believe it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I wonder. Uh, I was gonna say, I, I wonder if you know if El Paso would have the crowd at home <laughs> either. <laughs> if they're not wanting to go to the game, are they really gonna do it at home? I don't know. Um, but maybe it is just about. It's it's a cumulative process. I think.
0: Now they were kind of saying that you know in order to again favor the the home or away based crowd that. The teams actually would have control of the volume to kind of, you know, kind of create that sort of atmosphere. So I'm guessing, you know, if if Liverpool was away and and you had you know uh, uh, Bournemouth who was playing, like they'd get control of of the sound system and get to kind of boost up their crowd base. Now again, like how would that <laughs> how would that play out if the teams' like fan base is like, oh, dude, we're not going to watch any soccer so they like got it turned up loud for you know the the basis of like i don't know like 3000 you know what i'm saying like yeah you know, exactly it's it's
2: it'd be like some kind of you know patriot deflate gate kind of what is it speaker gate or whatever um kind of situation i i yeah, I guess like when I got when you asked this, I kind of thought about regulations and like how can they regulate sound? I don't know.
0: Yeah, so uh, David Carl who joins us um, in the room, shout out to David Carl, miss you, man. I was uh, watching you bake, by the way. We'll get into that a little bit later. That was a very interesting experience. Um, I, I was right there with you. Uh, David Carl says Jeremy should be used to simulate sounds. Jeremy, no. what kind of sounds could you simulate in a stadium? Wrong answers only.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have any sounds that I can simulate. I, I can very badly copy people's accents if I listen to them for five minutes, and then I sound like a complete and total idiot because I, <laughs> I do it accidentally. But I have no beatboxing or you know mimicking or sounds at all. I can, <laughs> I can maybe bark like a dog. <laughs> I'm sure Dave would like to hear that
0: yeah could you imagine though like that many people sitting in their living room I mean I'd want some proof that that app was working too um you know hopefully it'd be free to the fans um something else that was actually kind of interesting along with with uh this neutral venues um conversation was I was looking at the Bundesliga right and we'll get into Bundesliga here uh next yeah, as well now Bundesliga is like okay, uh, the team um, Borussia. I don't, I can't say that. I think it's like Mochin Gladbach. I believe it's something along those lines. Um, they've kind of taken it a step further with their stay-at-home, be in the stands uh, campaign. So now oh,
1: what they're doing oh, yeah.
0: is they're basically allowing their fans, and it has been extended to international fans at this point, to uh, basically purchase a cutout of themselves to be installed in the stadium. And when the news first broke, there was like 8,000 orders and they had about maybe about 3,000 of the cutouts installed. And they were saying that they couldn't keep up with the installation, but they were definitely going to take all the orders because, you know, the money proceeds would go towards local causes. Well, today I looked and they have actually opened it up to international, um, uh, fans as well. So, you know, this morning I took it upon myself to throw on my kit, uh, the black Tommy Madden uh, United kit that I have, and uh, strategically uh, take a selfie with a makeshift selfie stick, and uh, basically was able to get my picture. And I'm just one step away from actually um, having a cutout in the stadium as well. So we have a little New Mexico United flavor in the stadium. um, I just got to send the money to them.
2: Wow. That's
1: yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. I thought it was pretty funny when I saw it. Cause you know, I could imagine like something probably like United could do, but I, it would just be really hilarious to see, you know, like a cutout of David Carl with the big flag. That would be pretty funny.
0: Who are some of the people you'd want to <laughs> see um, in it? as a cutout, like, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we all want to be there, you know, in our own stadium as a cutout, but who are some of the people that you have to have as a cutout? We know David Carl's got to be there. I, I want to see him in the banana suit as a cutout. <laughs> oh God, I
2: forgot about that. Uh, definitely that. I mean, I actually was going to say with Dave, since he's giving me shit on this, on the podcast here, I challenge him him and I are going to have to uh, paint our bodies and go topless for our cutouts for for the United matches. We'll do that. <laughs> Dave, you want to step up? Let's see.
0: That's a uh, challenge to David Carl. David Carl, you have to respond now. <laughs> um, so Alicia, like, who, who, who are some of the folks you would want to see um, as cutouts maybe in our game?
1: Definitely, you know in the supporter section you gotta have the two blondes make a Tifo. Those, those two with their TIFOs, it would be amazing to see.
0: Shout out to two blondes. <laughs> <laughs> let's, right do, I don't, I don't,
2: let's 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 do some shout outs to some birthdays we knew this week.
0: Okay. Um,
2: Callie, um who else who oh God Brianna? You know, we could get our, we could get the uh, the royalty, the executive committee of the, of the curse, that would be cr- pretty great. Right. Well, shout out to my brother in the bus. I know my brother will go topless with Dave anytime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to to uh, our curse family. Happy birthday, uh, uh, Marissa. Cali says, "What up, Chris?" you know what up marissa thanks for watching uh, she says hi alicia as well
1: um, hey marissa uh, Mar- hopefully here soon you know we could get into a, another special of something else we've been working on aside from seek and strike
2: oh look at that special right
0: we, we, Marissa's photo was
2: very colorful there
0: uh, marissa is very photogenic she's very artful so she is a correspondent for uh uh, a fair weather podcast the san diego loyal uh authority if you will uh definitely speaking upon san diego football she joins us in the room so uh while we're i guess at this point alicia you were kind of alluding to a project that you and Marissa are working on tell us about that a little bit
1: yeah so it's three three of us girls so it's me marissa from fair uh, weather podcast and danielle over from the san antonio fc podcast and we decided to get well it was Danielle, and marissa's idea we decided to get together you know and create kind of like a western conference women and it would be just like a little special here and there, you know, catch up on like league updates and what us females, we think about the league. And if we should bring in, you know, a women's USL league and how that looks and then equal pay, equal play. It's it's actually really, really cool. And we all represent our clubs on there. So check it out when you guys have the chance, unfortunately. Tonight we were supposed to record, but you know, I had to record a seek and strike that that's my priority right there. It's my first podcast. And, but here soon you guys can check it out and I will upload the links to the group.
0: Right on. Yeah. We all kind of froze up there a little bit, uh, for you, uh, live watchers, you know, typically you on, on, who listen to it, audio, we have a good, uh, audio engineer is able to, um, (laughs) kind of merge things together, but, uh, You know, basically, Alicia was alluding to the fact that uh, her and Marissa and Danielle from San uh, Antonio—they have formed a West Coast Women or uh, Women of the Western Conference uh, podcast—and so they get together and ultimately represent each team and and bring their vantage points. And I got to tell you, it's it's not for the faint of heart. So uh, there are some uh, pretty badass women talking about soccer. So definitely tune in to those episodes when they happen. I will definitely be retweeting and reposting uh, mentions of those. Um, so then, kind of continuing on with this project restart, uh, then the last issue really is like seems like to be the most and serious one, which is players' health, right? So these players are now coming, are you know being recalled, they're shooting back to where their where their clubs are at, and they're starting to do these testings for uh, coronavirus. You know, and you're seeing some of the imagery. You know, some of the players, obviously, you know, waving to the media. You know, some of them having maybe, you know, doubts or maybe looks of, you know, just like, you know, concern. You know, and so that obviously now is is a bigger topic. You know, you know, and I'm all for the sincere uh, fact that you know, we should be concerned about our players uh, more. So I know that we as sports lovers want to you know, have sports back right away, but we do have to think about uh, the players' health, you know, about their family, about their loved ones, you know, as Jeremy was kind of talking about it a little bit earlier. And so I'm all for that, but if teams at the bottom are kind of playing to, you know, playing to the hearts of those at the top or, you know, to the officials to try to, you know, throw the league, I mean, to me that just can't, Uh, That can't happen. I mean, you know, I was the only thing that I thought that can kind of trump that was the fact that they just need 14 of 20 teams to agree. And if only six are really forming this alliance, I mean, what could go wrong, Jeremy? Like, could other teams kind of be swept into that? I mean, is there some genuine um, thought here that maybe the teams would actually choose players health because it's a sincere thing and not just be kind of taken advantage of by uh, the teams at the bottom, given their strict protocol?
2: Oh, gosh. You know, like, I don't know how to parse out what's in the true hearts and mind of those mid-table teams. Uh, Obviously, we can come up with a clear distinction. We do know some players have uh, kind of secretly through you know, back channel, so to speak, said they don't want to play, uh, so we don't know what kind of players are, on what sides are saying to their, their coaches, et cetera, their managers, what, what they want to do or what they don't want to do. Yeah, I, I think I totally think that some mid-table teams can be coaxed into the to the six, down below. Uh, I I think though that from a business standpoint. It's not the players that are going to make the decisions. It's the front offices. It's the managers. And they're going to be mostly motivated by money. And if you give those lower six some type of assurance, uh, you know, you're going to play to their power brokering, then you're going to be able to play. And I think that's how it's going to pan out. I don't think the players are going to have as much of an influence as the front office and so yeah there'll be some brokering uh but i think they're gonna play
1: yeah no i i think so too that the front office is gonna step in and make that decision for them which i personally i kind of agree but disagree at the same time because as a player you should have you know like you're right it's your body it's your health that you're concerned about and you should have that choice to be like you know what no, I don't want to play because I I have a family and I come home to them. I could possibly get them sick and I don't want to. Or I have family that's at risk that are living with me and, you know, I just can't do that right now. But, you know, in the end, it's just all about money and, and that's the sad part about it. That they're going to make them play and they're going to probably threaten them with the contracts or... And the same thing, they're going to threaten them with money too, you know, cutting wages or possibly cutting them if they're from the lineup, they're going to put them on the bench or put them, you know, on the reserves.
2: Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about what can be done with health and safety. So for instance, um, again, because I work at a hospital, I pay attention to this stuff. The, The... country of Germany. We're going to talk about Bundesliga in a second, but Germans have developed a test. It's like a, it's a little machine. It actually looks pretty cool and retro, but it is a, um, it's a COVID testing machine and you can get results within about 45 minutes to an hour. So you could effectively, you know, bring your side to these neutral venues and test everybody like day before or something like that. You usually spend a night in the hotel anyway, right? So you test them before, and then you have a pretty good, you know, day after kind of kind of result. And we don't talk about that machine here in New, in New Mexico, or really, I'm sorry, the United States, because we're not offering that to our citizens. But if you are really wealthy, you can have those tests, um, and you can have those machines. And I assume that the leagues will will purchase them. Maybe not USL, but. We're talking, you know, the big leagues of the world. They, they'll do it. NLS
0: could do it. Yeah, it's – um. Was, while you guys were talking, um, and I, I definitely agree with much of what you're saying is is also is like this seems like it's going to really escalate um, over the weeks to come. You know, I, I, I want to give a shout-out to Lindsey Allen because I feel like this would be up her alley to, like, kind of cover – the day-to-day um, drama uh, of these leagues and some of these different PowerPoint um, issues. Could you imagine, like, uh, a Lindsey Allen um, play-by-play of, of these three points, you know, amongst all the leagues? Like, I really want to put her up to that.
2: I, I think you should get her on. I think Lindsey Allen has the best expressions in the world. If she had a feeling, she has never been able to hide it. So... You you know what's going on. Uh, her 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 expressions tell you before her words
0: do. Yeah, that would so, be great. I mean, but it, I really think it's it's. I think you have a lot of different people. I mean, on both sides, you got the folks that are going to be um, the players that are going to be. Yeah, you know, my health, my family. Then you're going to have the players that are like on those teams that are like, oh man, like I'm going to throw out every wrench I can. I'm going to play play the sides. Like I mean, you think about the way players are so good acting on those flops, you know, throwing themselves down on the field. Like, you know, I hope it doesn't get that, that dirty. We got like the name of folks just really trying to convince people about things that maybe they're not really concerned about. I hope that it doesn't get, you know, to that point in this, you know? So yeah, then oh, you hope,
2: we hope that people have a little bit better spirit of goodwill and good sportsmanship during this time but since it is about money, since as it is about wages, since as it is about positioning and getting a, a role for yourself, yeah, it's probably gonna it's gonna happen. The Sergio Ramoses of the world are gonna do something. <laughs> I'll never forgive him.
0: <laughs> uh, Marissa says, by the way, hi seven, I don't know you, but I'm sure I will soon. And oh wow she will. okay. And you she know will I was really
2: I was really excited to go to the San Diego match this year. Um, I had already called up some people in San Diego and I was like, I, I'm staying with you and uh, this is what it's going to be. You haven't been to a champion USL championship match. You're going to come. You guys have a new team. And uh, I think that rivalry is going to be pretty great between our supporters club. So, you know, like, a rallying cry to our cursed members. We, we've got to outdo them. They're, they're, they'll beat us in um, in population size, but I think we can uh, we can match them in supporters club size if we really get our get our numbers out there.
0: Hey, we are seeking Strike friends. We hope that you enjoy listening to the first installment of this two part episode. Here's what's coming up Sunday on the second part of Bandwagon or Bust. Do you think it's good that they would flip the schedule? Maybe that's a way to kind of... And obviously seems like it kills some momentum, right? But everyone's starting from scratch.
1: You know, with La Liga, I kind of want to give a shout out to the Real Madrid players because they all compromised in, you know, cutting, you know, their salary, their wages to be able to help those other employees who, you know, who have lost income during this pandemic.
2: With shorter stints of games, more substitutions... Uh, per match and I know that's a that's a big contentious point but I, I fight that one to the death all the time remember subscribe
0: to the Seek and Strike collective YouTube and join us on Sunday for the conclusion of bandwagon or bust and remember always strike when the iron's hot we'll catch you next time you've been listening to we are Seek and Strike podcast brought to you by beautiful game network Find more USL related podcasts at bgn.fm. To never miss an episode, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.